This episode of Beyond is brought to you by Gamefly. Gamefly is a way to buy and rent all your favorite games while saving money. Go to Gamefly.com, pick your favorite games, and have them mailed directly to your door. Go to Gamefly.com slash beyond to start your free premium 30-day trial today. Play some games. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. PlayStation. Beyond. Beyond. It is that is the name of the show. It is Beyond. Number four hundred and eighty-five. My goodness, that's so many of them. They grow up so fast. What an old Wowzers. man that is. Jiminy Crimbus. Anyway, I'm Max Scoville. That's Brian Altano. Hey. That's Marty Sleva. Hello. And joining us is Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Um, what's up? What's going on, everybody? <laughs> wow, you yeah. really, really rolled so we it. We got like one email that was like, I liked that really unprofessional intro you did, so I'm sticking with it. Okay, get perfect. used to it. Yeah. yeah Ooh, perfect. structure. We're doing it. Anyway, um, Mass Effect Andromeda is the big thing we're going to be talking about today. Uh, it's all, is it out? Is it, are people playing it? Uh, it's yeah, out, yeah. It's but, out. Yeah, it's yeah, out today. It's, oh, it's out today. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was tough to tell because it was like a, uh, so many retailers broke the street date on this thing. Well, um, and also, it's, if you had an Xbox, you could play it on EA early right, access, like first 10 hours. Or Origin, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, now, Miranda, you've been working on the guides for this. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm very tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so tired. Right, and you're like a huge Mass Effect fan, right? Yeah, I love them. Um, I've played through the series twice, which is not a lot, but I played it for the first time last year, and I finished my first playthrough in a month of all three games. Oh, so wow. I wow, love them intense. a lot. Yeah. So what's your take wow. on Andromeda? Because a lot of people are seeing it as like... I don't know the disappointment, but it's I think it's it's not quite up to the same like gold standard as the, the rest of the series. And For sure. Yeah. Like the... So my biggest disappointment was going in and not having those big character introductions, mm-hmm. um, or that's at least what stuck, stood out to me within the first, you know, 10 hours or so. Um, like in the movie Suicide Squad. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just like that. Um, so a lot of people just like happen to be on your ship or like, hey, you're shooting and I'm shooting. So let's just team up, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a really huh. big disappointment because I think... Or at least for me, one of the biggest strengths of Mass Effect is its characters and how they introduce right. it and the bonds that you get with them yeah. over the three games. And of course, this isn't going to have the same thing right, within right. three games um, and compile into one. But just the way that they're introduced just doesn't allow you as much time with each of them, yeah. um, which I think is a really big shame because then you don't really get to know them unless you make the effort to go and know them. Mm. Yeah, and that's a that's a huge difference, especially from you know Mass Effect 1, which is the only Mass Effect I've played before Andromeda, which I just finished. Um, but so quickly in that game, I mean, in that first mission, you get to know Caden and Ashley, who both kind of suck. One of them's a racist, and one of them will die at the end of the game, so it's fine. Uh, but then <laughs> on the Citadel, like two hours into the game, you meet Rex and Garrus, who were both awesome and probably my two favorite characters in the game. Yeah. Um, and so, so quickly you were introduced to these characters who have this amazing dynamic with each other and like you start learning more about them and their view of the universe as a whole and sort of what their species have gone through throughout history um which you know as of i'm about six hours into andromeda i just haven't really gotten uh and it's also weird because whereas playing the original mass effect it feels like you're discovering all these new races and and these new species and you're like oh well why do these two hate each other and what was the genophage about and what was all this about um whereas here it feels like it's like well, these are all the same aliens, and I feel like the universe is so big that I should be introduced to just constant streams of new things. So, right, there are reasons for that. Like, yeah. it's not necessarily a good excuse, maybe, for why they could have at least had a few more um, races native to Andromeda. But mm-hmm. there are believable reasons as to why there's not, okay. which I don't really want to spoil sure, because it yeah. is sure story details. But they justify it. 
Yeah, I mean, like, they don't come out and say, this is why we don't have the <laughs> yeah, yeah. here. But it's, if you put it, the logic together in your head, you're like, okay, well, I could see why. Yeah. Because, like, a big point of this game is going and colonizing worlds, but you have to make them habitable first because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, if you go outside, you're gonna, your blood's going to boil in 17 seconds. Yeah. So... How do you, how do you make do it that. habitable? Yeah, uh, it's like put like a nuke in its core or something. That's no. weird. So Some Elon Musk insanity. Yeah. So mildish spoilers. So the idea is that you go to these ancient civilization AI race tech, and they have uh, abilities to alter the weather. Oh. And so that's oh. how you make them have it. You get like, that on the opening hey. mission. Okay, yeah. so that's sort so of it the... So the radiation yeah. on the first planet, and then another one makes it like way less cold. Or yeah. kind of, You're terraforming, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So okay. that's... Why and like I, I could see why there's not as much life if that's what's happening. Sure. It's like they if it's kind struggling of, to survive. Yeah. Like then, from the get go, they kind of you know. introduce this as being like, oh, this is a this is like a far cry from the, the previous games in that like they open up with that like Ghost Riders in the sky, like the idea that you're going to be going to be like, oh, you're exploring like new new territory. This is a yeah. whole new galaxy, but. It also doesn't. It seems like they're still kind of playing it close to home. You know, like they're throwing in a lot of familiar yes. bits yeah. and pieces. There are themes that are very recognizable. It's like, oh, I remember this from this other game because <laughs> we kind of did something similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels to me again, having only played the opening like a lot less than you have. Um, it feels very Force Awakensy in terms of sort of retreading yeah. a lot of the same ground, but I don't think it's quite as effective sure. as Force Awakens. That's which- funny, because I, I was going to ask you uh, sort of like like that scene in Rogue One where they zoom in on the blue milk, and they're like, yeah. remember that? Yeah. You guys like that, right? <laughs> in this that, case, that it's, a blue, it's a blue there, woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there are so many references to the original trilogy. Like, we mm. have a page going, which you just check on our wiki. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Real hard on yeah. Um, and there's a lot of really great stuff there that's subtle. Mm-hmm. Like, if you didn't know, it wouldn't really mm-hmm. matter. Right. Um, but if you do, then it's like, oh, I remember that time that that thing happened yeah. to that person. And so does, that feel, does that feel good, though, like those references? Or does it yeah. feel like kind of ham-fisted? No, I like them a lot. Oh, good. They, good. And, like, you do actively have to go and look for them. Mm. Like, there are a lot of side quests that has that. Or, like, maybe you'll find a character who's related to another character. And, like, unless you dig deeper in the conversations, they don't confirm that. Yeah. But if you just know the name, so it's like, say you know the name of a certain Turian, um, not from your, like, a side quest yeah. Turian, um, then you're like, oh, this person's related to that person. That's yeah. so cool. And then you kind yeah. of figure out why they're there and all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, so you were explaining it is sort of a weird pre-sequel to Mass Effect 3. Yes. So on the timeline, the Andromeda Initiatives leaves the Milky Way Towards the end of Mass Effect 2. Okay, so, so Commander Shepard, whether it's a male or female, which you get to choose when you make a character, which yes. I think is cool. So it's important yeah. to make a character, like even if you're just playing default writer, mm-hmm. um, either Scott or Sarah, like it is important to make your character because you get to choose a lot of stuff. Side yeah. note. But. Oh, but then so you leave, the Andromeda mission yeah. leaves near the end of 2. Yes. And then it's like hundreds of years into the... It takes them 600 years okay. to get there. So they're just like in stasis pods and then yeah. wake up. It's like, oh, 600 years later. So the events wow. of 3 are over. But they don't really know. They have no way, the as far as we know, of knowing what happened. Okay. So, so that sounds that sounds uh, yeah, overly complicated. You know, if you're trying to get new people involved in a, in a franchise, it sounds like that's just kind of like well, the Assassin's Creed problem of like still kind of tying it to previous stuff. And it's it's possible to have elements that are there to appeal to fans of the series. But like, I feel like doing it this way is just immediately kind of like, wait, did I miss something? Am I am I late to the party on this? I think it sounds more confusing and convoluted than yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, like, no theory. one's going to come out and tell you, hey, this, they left at the end of Mass Effect 2. Like, it doesn't really note right. that. So yeah. it's, not, it's confusing if you're paying attention to the details if yeah. you weren't. I guess I was just sort of hoping that this would be, like, a hard, either, like, a hard prequel or a hard reboot type of thing. Sure. Like, um, 
the way it was early, like er, like pitched early on of, of it being like, oh, you're exploring these like these frontier planets sounded really cool. Like the idea yeah. of it being set way, way before the Mass Effect series, before like the mass relays in effect, no pun intended, um, is just to be like, oh, you're going to help colonize these planets and help terraform them. But like it's instead it's after the Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it just the offshoot just yeah like they just went I mean, timeline um, uh, boop yeah so, <laughs> uh, so joel myers uh from the facebook group asks uh would you recommend mass effect andromeda to someone who's never played a mass effect game i think you can play this just fine yes. so would there, you recommend it i would recommend it yeah I mean, it seems I cool so really far. like this game so like we haven't gotten to that point but sure this is not to the same caliber of the original trilogy but with that said i still really like this game yeah. um combat's a ton of fun i like exploring i really like the character missions like once you get past the initial 10 hours or whatever um it does open up a lot more and as you get to know the characters like they really start standing out yeah um yeah i took a big yeah a leap in mechanics from mass effect one to this is just night and day yeah <laughs> i mean obviously like if i would have played two and three it would have been a gradual uh yeah. climb to here but like the right. shooting feels good the cover feels good i, mean, I even, like the powers everything yeah. feels sort of streamlined but even, still rpg-ish even stuff i've seen from uh the jump from three to this seems mm-hmm. like it's a pretty huge departure yeah, yeah. it's way different because um all other mass effects have been based on a class so you mm-hmm. pick one you get locked in you can only do set abilities mm-hmm. and you set weapons unless you get certain perks um but this one's just like hey do you want to use any of the powers go for it <laughs> yeah you have to oh, choose something like, so, that's fun it's like yeah. dark souls where yeah. you you choose a class at the beginning but like ultimately after a couple levels you could be whatever you want like sure. it's totally yeah. fine and Just then you cool. can change your like your specialization mm-hmm. class at any time and like there's a lot of flexibility with that that i really enjoy yeah. is it is it like proper kind of open world or is it like does it feel a little bit like inquisition and that there's like different worlds to explore. like nodes you can sort yeah. of oh there's like very big open worlds there's yeah, I mean, like the are five huge. places that are massive okay. yeah. wow Cool. Yeah, the or planets are way bigger are than anything. In so we've seen a lot of backlash against the character models and the yeah. animation. Um, some of that uh, reaction has gotten downright toxic, which is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. And if you know someone doing that, punch them in the mouth. Yeah. Um, what? Do you think this is overblown? <laughs> like the, the, the amount of people that are really I mean, making this a big deal? There are definitely like weird moments where like... And then it's like, oh, having played this on PC and Xbox, like, oh, that looked way better on PC than it does on Xbox. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, but... I mean, I think some of the criticism is absolutely fair, but it is way overblown. Yeah. I think it's also they're shifting from uh, whatever the old engine was to, to Frostbite, which yeah. all EA games are on now. And that was developed by DICE for shooters. I don't think it was made for doing cutscenes and whatnot. Yeah, and I mean, they have so many character models. It's like, how are you going to make all of them perfect? Like, this is, I was talking before, it's like, this is not Uncharted, where they have, like, mm-hmm. five main exactly. characters that are important to animate. Right. Um, so you're going to talk to so many people that, like, I mean, just look at Fallout. It's not perfect either. Yeah. But, like, Sure, there are like really exaggerated motions that are unnatural. Like I'm not going to cover that up. Oh yeah, totally. Like it's of course weird, but it's not. It's not game. Does, 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 the, the, game, yeah. does the voice acting kind of make up for that? Is the voice acting yes, strong? I strong? love the voice acting. Like That's across great. the board, like even minor characters. I mean, sometimes you'll hear like a random person shouting in the background. Sounds a little weird. I'm reloading. But, yeah. Every once in a while, you'll also come across like a, a known like voice actor, celebrity. Like yeah, you got to like Kumail Nanjiani's, Sarah Nanjiani's character, and I'm like, oh, it's you. Oh, that's so cool. Kumail. cool. Yeah, so yeah. that definitely gives more of an expression because it's so well done. So right. I think that helps a lot. Um, I think the reception is especially a weird one because partially there was that whole debacle surrounding Mass Effect 3's ending and people mm-hmm. being mad about that and just people kind of <laughs> yeah, having seriously. I mean it's, like, it's such like an, just an epic like for the most part really good series ended on such a down note and mm-hmm. yeah. there's there was so much like hatred and vitriol floating around for that and then this is kind of coming out like if this was a brand new game I feel like people would be more receptive to it almost but 
would it have gotten made on this scale if it were? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Um, yeah. I mean, it's but, also like it's it's a victim of like crappy timing, just in yeah. terms of this is this Q one has been a sort of remarkable quarter for video games just across especially the board. Especially open world games. Especially yeah. open world games. The last two we've had, right? Yeah, but I mean, even starting with like Gravity Rush. Like mm-hmm. Gravity Rush was this incredible way to start the year going into Resident Evil and then, you know, a bunch of people loved For Honor yep. and Wildlands. Which Neo, Horizon, really Zelda, Night yeah. in the Woods and we're getting Persona, Persona around the yeah. corner. Yeah, like it's insane. So to have to piggyback on Horizon and Zelda especially, I feel like it's you're just sort of damned. Yeah, especially because yeah. it's it's always been Mass Effect's always been kind of jack of all trades, like master of none. You know, it's like people play it for different reasons, but like mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's it's this is not like a open world go do anything kind of thing. This is an RPG and a shooting game and a story game kind of all rolled into this. You know, they're trying to do a lot here. Yeah, for sure, and it it shows like this thing could have been better, but then we had this twenty other things to do, mm-hmm. which I think is also fine. Like if you just want to spend. 100 hours in this world you totally can yeah i was gonna ask i mean do you think this is the kind of game that could have like benefited from another six or seven months of development or is oh, it, yeah you think oh, yeah. so i mean like they're still they have a lot of stuff to patch like we've run into bugs that stop missions like you just Oof. can't oh wow like, it's only happened twice and that was before they started releasing patches um but i know that they're very actively working on fixing what people are complaining about or what they have yeah. qualms with so, and i mean it sucks just at the end of the day it's uh, you know a publicly traded company is beholden to the to its investors, yeah. yeah. So I'm imagining this is a thing where it got pushed a couple times. They're like, you got you got to get out by the end of the fiscal quarter. You got to make it. I mean, yeah. I don't think any of us could even begin to understand how complex creating something like this is. Oh, yeah. so. No, absolutely. And we have like friends who went into game dev, and they're oh, like, yeah. you yeah. guys, we don't know anything yeah. from yeah. this side. Like until you get to the other side. Well, I mean, that's all. That's all business, and it's all very. It's it's very boring. So let's talk about what we really want to talk about. Uh, Gabriel Andreago says, "How many aliens have you had sex in ME?" Which is a really weird way of... Oh, he that. totally wrote, how many yeah, aliens yeah, have you had said, sex in me? How many aliens have you had sex in me? He got and like, I was so like, worked oh, up right right that. Right. I got kind of off topic there. Uh, We're answering that because so I don't know how many the, aliens have had sex in right? him. Yeah, so one of the biggest things for us on Wikis is making sure we get that, that romance going. The ones, the ones so from like people. from two and three were like they were pretty PG thirteen. Like, like they were they oh. were like, like steamish. And I saw like part of one of these on on IGN, which was using which using Dan Stapleton's review character who looked like Raggedy Andy yeah. uh, or like one of the <laughs> one of the wet bandits yeah. did you post that yeah, yeah he looks like Mad Max carrot top like, it's really <laughs> awful it's disturbing and so he's just like what's wrong with you Dan <laughs> he's just all having sex and there's like butt cheeks and you know nudity and I was just yeah, like this is weird yeah. nudity and I think they're done really well like there's this um, scene you get with PB so most of these scenes you get two parts like either it's a relationship thing of romance or like more of a romantic scene yeah. versus sexual scene and then you'll eventually get a sexual scene um mm-hmm. for most of these which i like is it creates a little bit like a little bit more nuance like there's only sure. this is not a dating game like, yeah they have very made it very clear it's like this is a action rpg this is not about the dating though we do put you know a focus on dating it's an rpg and, like, where you get some action is what yeah. it is hey yeah. <laughs> um, and the few scenes that i have seen are really tasteful i think mm-hmm. like i like that of course, a big part of that is consent too. Like they constantly stop. Like, hey, do you want to do this, or yeah. is this the kind of relationship you want? Oh, interesting. Yeah, like That's there's good. there's this one culmination scene that I don't want to spoil completely, but um, the character asks you like if you want to have sex or just leave it to be like a romantic scene with just them, but commit to a relationship, and oh. you can totally do that. Which games wow. don't really, especially like big AAA games, don't really do. You just sort yeah. of just beats you over the head with a message it's like oh mm-hmm. well you're getting sex now so, yeah, okay. yeah and um, it's like it's open in terms of like different species and different genders yeah, and, and there's different kinds of relationships like some people don't care if you're in another relationship they're like 
I can just be a side thing. No one has to know. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That's a good that's a good mechanic to introduce. Yeah. Um, I just want to do some, my spaceship. Yeah. I got to that word. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of it ends up being with side characters, but there's one that's just like, hey, I want this to be casual. Yeah. And like you can say, I don't want it to be. And she's like, all right. I think that <laughs> when games are sort of exploring this theme in a dozen or so years, we're going to look at this one like it was a big um, a big step forward for it. I mean, if you think about games in the 90s, it was always just like misogynistic duck, you know, Duke Nukem characters coming up. You almost called them Duck Nukem. Hey, baby, you want to get laid? Just gross. Like He's like, hey, I've got a car and it's full of money. Like It's just the worst. But it's funny that like, yeah, this is progressive. And it's progressive because it's just somewhat realistic yeah like it's yeah, just that's all it takes like that's the like, thing is it just, you just need to be simple and realistic well, like this is how it is some people re- are totally fine with something casual like the reality of most sexual relationships is they're they're very just kind of simplistic straightforward and like yeah. i'm not boring per se but yeah. just like they're not as it's not as just completely insane and as over the top as i yeah. think games tried to make them for the longest yeah. time yeah. so our idea of what a realistic sex scene would look like in a game um has never been just as sort of natural and understanding as it as it should be be. Yeah, so, I, tweet, yeah. I tweeted out a, a joke that I was five hours in the game and haven't got to have sex with anything, and that I was upset. And someone was like, call, "Someone called me out for being a misogynist and being like, oh, you don't have sex with someone after you meet them for five hours.'" And I'm like, "I'm not actually upset, I mean, but also I do that, sort that, of, and also I have." Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. That's, a, that's a cute outlook on life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, yeah, you got all these guides and whatnot. Is this yeah. going to be like an ongoing thing? Do yep. you have to chip away at this? I'm going to be on this for probably another month. Wow. Oh. <laughs> then Persona. I'm not doing Persona, thankfully. You just so. get to enjoy it as a yeah, human so being? Yeah, play it and have a fun time. That's good. Cool. That's good. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we got Dark Souls 3, the Ringed City DLC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's up with this? Uh, so this is coming out uh, on the 28th, which is, what, I guess next week? Yeah. This is the final DLC for Dark Souls 3, which is, in theory, the last Souls game, which means this is the final Souls thing ever. Aww. You know what that means? That's Bloodborne not true. No, <laughs> I mean, that also means Bloodborne 2, which we'll get to, but also this is, no way, this is the last Souls game. No. Because it turns out, money is more they, powerful than no Souls. There's no way, why would they ever do that? I mean, that'd be like denying themselves the money, denying the audience to something awesome. There's yeah. no reason to do that. And uh, I was sort of underwhelmed by the last piece of DLC, but everything I've played from this and seen from this especially, I watched Chloe play a ton of it, uh, is awesome because, like, first off, it is pretty much follows, like, Paradise Lost and Dante's Inferno. Holy crap. Uh, like, you are going, like literally towards the apocalypse and wow. the apocalypse is this it's called the ring city because it's every world throughout time is folding into itself oh my and Lord. as you go down the layers of this ring city which literally looks like inception or doctor strange like the city is like folding in on itself like dark so, city like yeah. dark city yeah, yeah. Huh. um but the thing is as you go down the ring city you are going down the history of the souls games so like the upper crust is ostensibly dark souls 3 and then you got down to an area that's the ashen peak from dark souls 2 oh, that's so cool and what i just assume is at the bottom is some like Dark Souls 1 first flame like yeah. OG Gwyn like all that stuff we're looking for um, and gameplay wise what we've played is is super cool and it's pulling in even certain stuff from Bloodborne like you remember the Gatling gun dude at Bloodborne yep. Yep. and you're just like you enter this area and you're like well this is a puzzle for me to have to figure out how do I get this dude off this tower because he's literally just spraying everywhere I, I enter this area with this I'm sorry. it's one of my favorite moments in that game by the way because I snuck up behind the ladder and he went to shoot me and then he fell and committed suicide <laughs> and I got up there and I was like yeah that's <laughs> Those games are such a weird roll of the dice where either you're going to have a boss fight that keeps you like swearing at your TV for six hours yep. straight 
or that's going to walk off the ledge. Yeah. And you're like, in so many instances yeah. of like, yes. here's like the last boss and he tripped. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Thank you. But like this one was just, it was this like floating angel who just, instead of having a Gatling gun, it was just a constant stream of light arrows. And so you're like ducking from cover to cover and you're like, you're trying to find, it's ultimately controlled by this one little like, s- like sissy shaman in a corner. And so instead of fighting the angel, you just have to fight the sissy shaman. And once you kill him, the angel's like, all right, I'm gone. What? Uh, really good. Yeah. And then there was a boss that was, uh, it was called the Demon in Pain and the Demon from Below. And it's these two like Bahamut gargoyle looking fools that you had to fight. Ah, man. Yeah. Bah- Bahamut. <laughs> I think I saw <laughs> <in> my voice. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> what, like a so, county fair? Did they something? finally reveal who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Oh, no. Oh, see. Okay. Uh, That's a free advertising campaign. Yeah. I'm sure from software is definitely Miyazaki san really loves that. Wow. <laughs> Um, that joke's so bad I did a hand phone Yeah, for don't it. do that. Call me on my the uh, old hand phone. <laughs> but no, if this is really the last Souls thing, we know from software is currently working on several things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what do you, you want to see? What so do you want to see next? Well, before we move on, if this is the last DLC for the Souls, like, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a great way to send it off to yeah, like, it look so- back at everything. And it sounds, yeah, I was about to say, it's totally this, like, like embracing the last three games and just going all into it. And to be, like completely honest like if this was the last dark souls game that's totally fine like, yeah. like i think it, there's a point when you want to stop making something like even though if people want it like let it have its end yeah. i mean like, let it on to something new let it be let this be return of the king and not don't give us the hobbit sure yeah, yeah. like well, that kind of or thing or back to it like next generation you know yeah i think what we've seen with bloodborne and and even games like neo is that you can take that formula and bring it into a new yeah. direction yeah um so yeah i think when i recoiled at the idea of them not making another dark souls it's them just going on and making i don't know like a rhythm game would really piss me off but interesting yeah um but no i i do want to see them do more stuff in and not necessarily this style but with that that sort of like I mean, they created a genre pretty much yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, in which, I mean, you, you mentioned Bloodborne 2 earlier. I don't think there's a world where we're not getting a Bloodborne 2. I yeah. cannot wait. Can yeah. we get some Armored Core again? Like, I would, like, Miyazaki's talked about wanting to go back to that. Like, I would love this sort of game, but with mechs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and yeah, imagine if there was, like... I'd play the hell out of that. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. imagine if it was also... Because I don't think Armored Core never... Armored Core never took into account that you were obviously a human... I assume you were a human driving the mech, right? It so. wasn't like sentient mechs. They were mechs, yeah. You could customize them. So, like, arms it would be cool stuff. if there was, like, two levels of gameplay where it's, like, you're the person and you're doing things. Like, that's, I would love a... So a, that's always been, like, one of my favorite just kind of... It it feels like playing with, like, old G.I. Joe toys or, like, Micro Machines or yeah. something where there's, where there's the big thing... There's like the little, there's like the level to it. That's what I love about Titanfall. That's what I wanted to love about, uh, about, I think it was like Lost Planet 3. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like something that's threatening to you or just is completely unstoppable as like a regular sized person, then suddenly you go back and it's like, oh no, this is a different scale for me. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I've always wanted uh, sort of a kaiju game like that that's, uh, has the flow of like Persona where you are a regular person throughout and you do regular person stuff whether it's you know whether you're high school or like in evangelion going to school and having relationships but then at the end instead of like going into like the the uh, sorry i gotta go home and cry into my walkman while his jean shorts (laughs) wearing cougars on me and my dad Mm. doesn't love me and i play the cello but instead of going like the dungeons (laughs) in like a persona game you are getting into your mech or your your ava and you are fighting kaiju like i would love that you should play blaster master i should yeah Yeah. but you don't like go on relationships in that You, you you have a car named sophia are you on, in a relationship with your car? You might be dating her. What are you talking about? You There's a car in you can. Bla- you can do yeah. Blaster Master. It's like fifty percent of that game is a car. The other it's part, a car is yes, it? Yeah, is. I mean, it's a it's a, it's a vehicle with wheels. It's a four wheeled vehicle. I thought about that as a car. It's a car. 
Oh. We're getting in the weeds here. What kind of cars are great? They could drive right through it. I think it's a well, truck. Tink yeah. I think it's Tink has a tread, so I wouldn't consider it's it a kind of car. Of a car. Ooh, yeah, I guess so. It's like a, a kank. Is a burger a sandwich? Yeah. Don't say kank. Yeah, is a burger a sandwich? It's real weird. Is it bestiality if you have sex with an alien? What? You don't want to talk about the bestiality question? Sex with an alien is a sentient and has opinions and Dogs are sentient, though. Opinions and emotions that Dogs I can have emotions? Oh. vocalize yeah. and they bark, they poop. establish a community and okay. society. A dog has a I'm not trying to like get around. <laughs> no, just stop talking about the dog's purpose. Uh, I'm just thinking about the certain article that I thought about with Mass Effect. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, my thing is, I'm trying. I'm not trying to like. Not, I'm not trying to condone having sex with a dog. Cause I don't want to have sex with a dog. Cause I'd get very sick. Thanks for t- saying that publicly. I'm yeah. glad you cleared your name on that one. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm the only one who's on record not wanting to have sex with a dog. Then well, none so of us want to. Clearly, wants to have sex with it's a, a given here. that nope. that's not what anyone wants. All right. Well, you guys followed suit. Pet a dog. I know that'd be really nice. All right. Really so here's a, here's a good segue. Uh, <laughs> Disney The Afternoon Collection is coming out. Not a good segue at all. No, that's a pretty good. segue. What if you have sex with a duck? Life is like a hurricane. Quack, quack, quack. Um, <laughs> April 18th, 20 bucks. You get Chippendales Rescue Rangers, Chippendale Rescue Rangers 2, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, DuckTales 2, and Tailspin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, All NES games, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, remastered. Uh, they look fantastic in yeah, 1080p. Sort of 1080p pixel art. Uh, there's. Um, Concept art sketches. Well, this was put together by the same team that worked on the Mega Man collection, mm-hmm. specifically uh, Frank Cifaldi, awesome. yeah, who we parted with for, for Super point. Awesome yeah. guy. Um, yeah, I re- I'm really geeked about this because uh, Chippendales Rescue Rangers. First of all, let's go through this list. Um, is one of the original sort of awesome couch co-op games. Yep. It's one of the first, if not the first, co-op platforming game. Uh, I played this a ton as a kid with my brother. Yeah. Uh, like co-op simultaneous. Yeah. Not like, you're Mario, you die, totally. and I'm Luigi. Uh, and yeah. if you look at stuff like New Super Mario Brothers and Little Pl- Big Planet, where you can like pick up characters and throw them, pick up other things and throw them, this is a precursor to that. Yeah. Um, and it's got this sort of like weird uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids thing, where like apples are bigger than you, and there's giant mm-hmm. trash cans. The, yeah, the apples thing, were way too big, because like, an big. apple isn't that much bigger oh, than a chipmunk. No, apples get pretty big. Yeah, or chipmunks? Are these chipmunks just very small? <laughs> the scale is a mess in this game. But spoilers: this game has one of my favorite final bosses of all time, which cat. is a fat cat in a business suit who puts uh, cigar ashes on on you. Like he tries to kill you with a cigar, and he's just like, uh, and he's sitting at his desk like drinking gin or whatever. Rated, rated T for some yeah. tobacco use and mi- mild partying. Uh, yeah. Rescue Rangers Two is uh, a little more polished. I really like that game. Darkwing Duck, uh, I think is is probably the the, game the bad egg, if yeah. you will, of the group. I get it. Um, and Ducktales. And DuckTales 2 are fantastic. Darkwing Duck yeah. is just kind of like a little platform where you get a gun in that, right? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, grapple gun. Aren't there flying missions, too? Or I think you Tailspin. Uh, Tailspin. Tailspin is almost all flying missions. Yeah, Tailspin okay. is almost all flying missions. It's basically a shmup, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. But DuckTales and DuckTales 2 are um, almost Metroidvania-esque uh, action platforming games where uh, they're very non-traditional mm-hmm. in their controls. Um, you have to oh, pogo so stick, stick hop, hop yeah, to like, land on people. Basically where Shovel Knight came from. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Like yeah, oh, yeah, unabashedly. Uh, oh. So they're adding boss rush, time attack. There's a rewind feature, which is really cool. And, and that's like, because these games are, are hard as piss. And so yeah. the rewind feature is like, this is, yeah, it's like, very hard and piss. Like real just... It's like a cat piss thing. No, it's like what happens is, uh, if you... So yeah, you're able to rewind and uh, yeah, if you like die, you have to go back I love that that's the thing that they're doing die. without... It's not It's not just nerfing a game, it's adding this like layer yep. to it. Like I was playing uh, one of the rare replay games I think that has that. I was playing, I was, I was playing um, Duke Duke of 3D. Yeah. You love Battletoads. Yeah, I don't you love, love Battletoads. Battle we don't talk about that game. No, we Marty don't. Marty loves no, we the Battletoads. It reminds me of you, Marty. Stop it. Don't ever say that. 
Um, so if you see Marty at any upcoming trade shows, be sure to People do that at every show. I love it. It's so much fun for me. It is like, awful. Are you going to be at PAX? He's like, I'm, no, I'm not, but Marty is. So if you see him, be sure to ask about Battletoads. We have – Washington, D.C. is t- currently full of Battletoads. This is not funny anymore. I think it's pretty funny. We are anyway, currently run uh, by rashes, zits, and pimples. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was playing, uh, I was playing Duke Nukem 3D on my Vita uh, – because I was, this was, what? this was, I was waiting for my switch to show up, and it got delayed, and I was like, I'm just, I'm angry. I'm, I'm going to play Titty City or whatever that first level is called, <laughs> Red Light Disaster. Um, but yeah, like what? it's it's great because you just rewind it, and like I'm like, yeah. I have no idea how that works in a video game. But to go back and revisit something like Ducktales, where it's like, oh, I just got my ass handed to me in three frames, like yeah. being able to back that up. And, mm-hmm. So this is interestingly enough not a catch all for every Capcom Disney game that came to the NES. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like Mickey's Mousecapade and uh, oh, yeah. Little Mermaid or not here. This is specifically games that got a Disney Afternoon TV show. Yeah. And if you don't remember, the Disney Afternoon was the best thing. It was the reason to get through school. That's like what kept, kept us from doing crack, honestly. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I was yeah. going to do a lot of crack after People school. People would be like, hey, you want to come do some crack behind the building? We'd yeah. be like, no thanks. I got to see what old uh, Gizmo Duck and uh, those... Like crack, you, crack was pretty big in like the late 80s. Yeah, but, like, that's true. I don't feel like, like you were offered a ton of it. You'd come uh, home from you school, know you'd you know run away from the crack, and then you'd sit in front of the TV with like a big bowl of like of like cereal, or you'd get like Gushers or like strings. Thing. Yeah, but then like, like, I like thought you were just gonna say a big bowl of crack. Like, yeah, a big bowl of crack. Yeah, I feel like this was this was like the thirty to thirty-five year olds version of like what tsunami was. Yeah, so like the, totally. the twenty-five to thirty year olds where yep. you'd come yeah. over and watch like Dragon Ball Z and Sailor hey. Moon and Tenchi yep. Muyo. Yeah, there you go. So, um, but the, then there was the follow-up stuff. There's a bunch of other Disney games that would. You've got this sequel idea. Yeah, for a 16-bit version. Yep. Uh, well, Aladdin fantastic. for SNES, which yes. everyone always argues about which version's better. I played it well, the on Genesis, Genesis when better. I was a baby. Yeah. So there was this, you have a sword, right? Uh, did that, you play the Genesis version? So Gen- I was a little kid, and I remember playing it, but I didn't know I was So doing. the Genesis version so. is, is kind of widely regarded to be the better one, which yeah. in most cases in that's cross-platform games from that I'm era. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? I played the right one yep. when <laughs> I was a child. Yeah, that's the one by the, it's the, one by the Earthworm Jim team and like uh, Dave Perry and then and Shiny, and it was like hand-drawn animations by yep. Disney. Yep. But the SNES one was Shinji Mikami's first game. Which is like, right. yeah. it's, it's very fascinating because if you look survival at... survival horror. Yeah. I mean, we spent the, like, the last three or four years being like... Like, oh, which version of this game is better on PS4, or Xbox One, or PC? This was like literally different games, different, games. different yeah. development teams. Um, so that's yeah. really cool. A lot of these games are very difficult, which is true. About sucks. No, that's also Shinji Mikami. It's great. Is it it's, really? Yeah, it's no, a two-player top-down. You get chased by the moose, isn't it? Goof Troop is. No, I'm thinking Mickey Mania. Oh yeah, you're that's that Mickey Crash Mania. Bandicoot mission in Mickey Mania. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was David Jaffe's first game. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Mickey Mania is my jam. I love that game yeah. so much. No, Goof Troop is good. What did you do in Goof Troop? It is top-down, two-player, and you're solving sort of single-screen puzzles. It's like almost like the adventures of Lolo meets really? Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. You don't have any weapons to kill the enemies with, but you have grappling hooks, and you're like, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. What so what I love about these games... Weapons, though. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. It they're not weird, a literal yeah. troop. They're a Goof oh, yeah. Troop. They don't no, have guns them. or anything. Yeah, but they have like... some funny boys. Yeah. What I love about these games... What I love about these games coming to PS4 for the first time is that these were never available on PlayStation in any capacity. I mean, these, these were barely available, robot. like, I don't think Tailspin or Rescue Rangers 2 or Darkwing Duck are available on, like, no, virtual I mean, console the close, No, nothing no. like that. And the closest we got was a couple years ago, there was uh, Way Forward did a DuckTales remaster yeah. that was right. kind of hit or miss. Um, I appreciated the art direction and, like, the sort of, like, vault of cool, like, concept art and all that yeah. stuff, but... Um, 
it, they just they added some changes to it that were just not that great. The, my my fondest memory of that game was it was at whatever E three probably like two years ago, and the Capcom booth was directly next to the Super Giant booth where yeah. Greg Kasavin was showing off Transistor, and I went over to play Transistor and talk with him, and all I could hear was bump 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 bump, and this was the <laughs> Thursday of E three, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty annoying. He's like, yeah, I've been here for three days and it hasn't stopped. <laughs> but life is like, like a hurricane. I love that song so much. But I think I got sick of that booth and had to, like, walk away from it. Yeah. It was just too much. Yeah. It's real real mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. So um, I hope they do some cool stuff around this. Um, I hope there's a cool physical release with some, like, extra stuff. The way they handled the way forward DuckTales remaster was really awesome. We had um, Stephen P. Lin, who's a video game, like, retro video game collector, on Up at Noon recently. He, he told us that the DuckTales, like, uh, lunchbox that they shipped with that is, like, one of the rare, more, one of the more rare promo items of the last mm-hmm. few years. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is just a cool package. I think it's, like... It's probably going to be, what is it, 20 bucks, April 18th, so it's out in Six a month. Six games, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. totally yeah. I hope that. we get more of this, like more stuff that's sort of like, you know, the rare replay approach. From the vault, yeah. just, It's just a bundle of like old games. Uh, we kind of saw this with, with Star Wars games recently where they just threw a bunch of them at you and they were yeah. like, hey, they're, you know, cheapo, you know, and they added a few things or yeah. whatever. I'm sure there's like a rights debacle with it, but it seems like I mean, Disney's yeah. getting a little yeah. bit better no, with that. Yeah. music licensing is crazy hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And DuckTales ripped off that Hall & Oates song, so it's that's real, you know. Yep. That's oh, yeah, that's one. right. The one from Five Days of Summer? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't created for that film because that film was from like five years ago, and the Hall and Oates were from the 1980s. Yeah, Weird. it's also in a lot of other movies. Yeah, that was a, that was a keynote in most Hall and Oates songs, where they had speech impediments, and they said the 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 danger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so speaking of old weird animals jumping and doing their things, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Dun, 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 so dun. tying it further into this episode, uh, there's a race in Mass Effect Andromeda that kind of looks like Knuckles. Oh, oh yeah. No. Oh so no. One of my friends pointed it out. Have and you made love to the echidna in space yet? Can't, huh? That Google, Google Glass word in space echidna. <laughs> It's really bad, right? That's, man, that's it's real weird to, to be like after playing as I many think, a bunch of like Mass Effect games, and there's a bunch of like weird ass artichoke looking aliens there to see one to be like, mm, no, thank you, I'll pass on that one. And like, <laughs> yeah, bring me the Krogan, <laughs> bring me the sexy artichoke I people. Want, I want to see that. Is the first Krogan you meet in the game a woman? Like the first Krogan I met, yeah, yeah. Yes. and I was like totally taken aback because I'm like, oh, I, cool. yeah, I guess it makes there's sense so that many... there's women. Krogan, so man. One thing, I know going back to Mass Effect for a second, but there's like so many. Um, women of the races which is mm. nice because you didn't see a lot of them before in the original yeah, trilogy right. it took a while right. and so like, you'll see a lot of female Solarians and Krogan that's awesome Turians yeah I like it what about any females uh, tails like the, the yes the, tails? You, can, yeah. you can romance one of them back to Sonic the Hedgehog yeah, yeah. Um, so there's the there's the there's two games coming out there's like there's these what is it Sonic Remix or something Sonic Mania Mania yeah. so Sonic, Sonic Mania is, is the, a thing that a lot of people have been diagnosed with yeah it's Sonic uh, Mania yeah <laughs> it was the follow up to Mickey Mania it's yeah. causing the draw um, many things yeah but Sonic Mania is the, awesome yeah it's the 2D sort of like chop remake like feels yeah. like Sonic 2 um, yeah I played this at PSX and I, I'm I'm on record have said I'm mm-hmm. not the biggest Sonic fan in the world I'm sorry there's probably food you don't like but I'm not like eat it <laughs> just don't eat it it's fine um, but I played this one at PSX and it's it's cool it's definitely like yeah. a step in the right direction. For yeah, me especially considering like uh, Sonic Four episodes one and two, and never in episode three and four, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was sort of again not a step in the right direction. But everyone who's played this seems to really dig it. Uh, but it got delayed. It was supposed to be spring, got delayed till summer. But then the follow up to that was they were like, "Well, we're sorry, but here's the first footage of Sonic 2017, which mm-hmm. is now called Sonic Forces." Oh, this is cute. Though we like to go fast, yeah. sometimes for a great game, you must also wait. That was Sega's official statement. Aww, yeah, that's cute. Yeah, but I think it's really smart. We're talking about this and the fact that there is there's kind of 
there's two different dimensions of nostalgia for this. There's the 2D Literally. and then there's yeah. the 3D. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, wh- what do you try to appeal to? You know? So my memories of Sonic is going to the dentist's office and playing Sonic, like the 3D version. Oh, really? At the dentist. At the dentist? Like, Are you sure it. that wasn't like a Sonicare? No, they just, every dentist I've ever been to has had what? at the kids station. They've had something. He does sound wow. a lot like a drill when he speeds up. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, he is. Yeah, you are revving it up. Fail. Like the Sonic Adventure games, or like the ones after that. Um, I don't remember. You, you know that Doctor Robotnik is not a licensed medical professional, right? <laughs> they just want to prepare you. Yeah. <laughs> every time she leaves, instead of giving like a sucker, they just give you an egg. Here's an egg. <laughs> Weird. Enjoy it. Yeah, um, but no, Max, you're totally right. I mean, like, uh, if you look at our generation, we grew up with the 2D Sonic games, and then somebody who's younger grew up with Sonic Adventure, um, and stuff yeah. like that on Dreamcast and GameCube. They want, um, like, a Sonic the Hedgehog who carries a gun. Rolling and we'll around kiss at a the real speed human of woman. sound. Yeah. yeah, that whole thing. They're yeah. crazy for that. And for us, it's... Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember playing on Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. Sonic... 2007 was it? There was a game called Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog. Probably that was the one where he was he had a relationship with a woman. There was Shadow the Hedgehog who had guns. I just wanted to play Shadow. There was one where Sonic Sonic was dating a a real a real life human. Yeah, he became a wolf with wolf arms. Oh yeah, yeah, the wolf one. And a blank check where that (laughs) like eight year old boy like tongue kisses a thirty year old woman and you're like oh that's (laughs) more you doing that yeah. Uh, But no, I think it's really good to. I don't even know how you go from that sentence to anything else, but like. They're basically sort of double dipping and kind of they're separating these two separate things. Like they've yeah. got yeah. there's the there's the weird three D gritty thing that I look at it and I'm like that's not for me and that's fine. And then there's the the, the mania which looks like oh that looks like fun. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. cutesy platforming. Well, it's fun. And it's like it's both of these genres are getting. We're like we're in the midst of a good resurgence of them. Like the two D games. Like mm-hmm. ever since Shovel Knight, it's like hey people can play two D games and enjoy them in 2017. Like yeah. it can sit right alongside mm-hmm. Uncharted and The Last of Us. And then for the three D ones, like three D character platformers are. Are back in vogue from uh you know i'm playing ukulele right now for review yep. you guys got to play snake pass yeah i wanted to talk about that oh, real yeah, quick, yeah. actually uh so speaking of you know colorful platforming games that remind me of the sort of n64 dreamcast era max and i just did a let's play for a game called snake pass with the devs um and they're making a game that's sort of inspired by an evocative of that sort of rare wear era 3d mm-hmm. platformer mm-hmm. it's coming to ps4 xbox one switch and pc but uh, it's a game about a colorful cartoon snake yes. who has to collect things. I love but snakes. He doesn't. Yeah, they're great. So That's, I was saying before it's a top five animal. Max disagreed. Um, what? Yeah, I don't. I don't agree. They're so cute. What? Snakes they're are cool. not cute. They're, they're fun. fun. Yeah, you also think those little bloodborne messengers are cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're adorable. They just want to help you. Those like hot topic kadamas, like with the, <laughs> little babies. They're they're little hands, like yeah, the, there's like stillborn Funko Pops. What? Those awful things. Great. It's like like a sick Groot. Yeah, it's like a sick baby Groot. Chiway's cute. Yeah. So Snake Pass is probably the first game I've ever played where you're controlling a 3D snake and it doesn't. It like it feels. Like there's an actual momentum and a movement to the way you're coiling. Yeah, yeah you have to like slither back and forth, yeah. like slalom sort of. Yeah, so, I like when I first heard about this. I think somebody pitched it as, "Oh, it's like a it's like a 3D platformer." It's not. It's a physics game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this started with a tech demo of like a piece of rope that fell on the ground, and he's like, "Huh, <laughs> rope on the ground looks an awful lot like a snake." Mm-hmm. I might be kind of editorializing here, I think you but absolutely basically, are. like, I mean, the mechanics are. It feels like a 3D hohokum kind of like you're, yeah. you're moving around and you're trying to collect stuff, but there's uh, there's a level of like gravity to it. You're not just like this flying like whatever the hell windsock that thing was in that game. Yeah, it was a windsock. Was it a windsock? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, in this case, you're a snake, which is a much more familiar concept. It's a ground sock. Yeah. Yeah. Floor socks, they're called. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just a sock. Yeah, I think that's just a sock. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah. you're, ground you're, you're actually a snake, which is the sock of the animal kingdom. <laughs> 
<laughs> nature's leg. Um, <laughs> I can like hook on the legs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just, you know. But I mean, I look because you look at it. Hey, and you're hold like, hold on. Nature's leg is the leg. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes. I, don't, I, don't I think legs are nature's legs. <laughs> no, no. So anyway, Snake Pass uh, is coming out really soon. It comes out like what next week? Next week. Yeah. Next Friday. Uh, it's twenty bucks. It's yeah. uh, what's really cool about it is it's it's incredibly like. I don't say this a lot. It's really chill. Yeah, yeah. No, super, you can't. You can't. There's no die. like enemies. You can no like enemies. fall off a ledge. Like you can fall off a ledge, but there's no like. There's no combat. There's no like vicious death animations. Yeah. There's no boss fights. It is just like these playgrounds that you kind of weave and coil around in mm-hmm. and collect things. Uh, and doing so unlocks the next level. And there's 15 stages. It's 20 bucks. Super relaxed. Yeah. Um, it completely plays different than anything I've ever controlled. Mm-hmm. Like any video, yeah. And it's very rare to it, this many yeah. decades into video games to be like, oh, it, they made a new thing. Mm-hmm. You know, everything feels so iterative of something else. That yeah. This mm-hmm. is just like, it, it feels Sometimes it different. is, and sometimes sometimes it isn't. I feel like there's stuff that, uh, I mean, there's, there's tons of old games. Like there's the old cell phone game Snake, where you yeah. play as a snake. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to be like, oh, like mechanically, that's the most advanced snake we've seen. And then it's like, yeah, but what if you, what if you took like modern technology and applied that to that yeah, right you know? and right. this makes me of course i'm like it's great that we get this like really cute little like the snake if he like gets scared he's just like ah yeah. his name's noodle and he's, he's got a, yeah. a sidekick named doodle who's a, yeah. a hummingbird oh yeah you can hit the button where like if you're sort of falling doodle will come in and like pick up your ass yeah. and like he'll, pick you, up up, your, he'll get you up there i don't think yeah. it's an ass it's yeah. the end of the snake i mean yeah i think it's, it's called the 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 conclusion is the the end it's called it's called the full stop um but like it's i just i love that we're getting this and now i hope that somebody goes in and they're like yeah this is pretty good but uh I want to make a super violent game where you're an anaconda and you go around eating like Ice Cube and John Ford. So apparently, like the lead creator of this game had pet snakes and for, for a while wanted to make a realistic snake game, and then was like, you know what? Let's like take the movement and keep it realistic, but the part where like they eat a pig and turn it into the shape of it and molt their disgusting skin and leave it on the floor like a threat. We're not going to do that <laughs> stuff. It's probably a good idea. Yeah, like, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> and if you think about like we've, the simulation games we've gotten, like Goat Simulator, and then you look at like on the iOS store, I was we were in this very long boring meeting a couple of years ago here at IGN and I got this game called like uh like it was like stray dog simulator oh, and, yeah. and it was I was playing it on my phone and it's just like there's like a poop button and you can go on and pee on the man's <laughs> leg and stuff you know yeah. the leg of the of the na- natural kingdom and uh I was like well this is a very shoddy crappy way to handle like sort of like a day in the life of an animal and I like the idea of them taking this in a different direction making mm-hmm. it fantasy driven and making it fun and quirky and non-combative you know yeah what's funny though is we got we got a game like goat simulator which yeah. is like it's called simulator it's not i'm not gonna say realistic but it oh like, no aesthet- it's aesthetically it goes what more plenty of, a- of goats commit suicide off of a fair also become wheel. demons yeah, yeah they also yeah All the time. visually it's more realistic <laughs> like they're aiming for like a layer of you know of there it's not cartoony sure but then the stuff you do in that is not remotely realistic not, okay not at yeah. all grounded okay. and then on the other hand we've got this game that's about being a snake and it's like this cartoon snake but it totally moves like a real snake does. Sure. yeah which is kind of an odd like dichotomy there yeah, and he's and got emote buttons on the d-pad yeah it's you can just be like, yeah. Oh, you're so cute. He's great. He'll just look at the screen and he'll just be like, nah. He's like, it's me. This yeah. kind of reminds me of like the old like Ren and Stimpy, like Jimmy the Idiot guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's just yeah. like, yeah. Like, where are your teeth? What are you doing? It's in there? really good. It's, uh, yeah. The developed by Sumo Digital, who uh, handled Little Big Planet 3. So, yeah. There's another game coming out really soon on the 20th called Rain World, which is also another platform yes. that I wanted to bring Stop up it. because yeah. I'm really excited for it because it's, it's a slug cat. Yes, it is a slug so cat. Thank cute. you. Called it. I, I said it, it wasn't a slug cat last week's episode. Yeah, and I felt totally like a, you were trying to gaslight me. I wasn't trying to gaslight you. Oh, yeah, 
Madness. Yeah, but wait, do you know more about the game than we did? Because that was as much as we knew about the game. Um, <laughs> it's very pretty, yeah. and it's a platformer, and you can die a lot, mm-hmm. and that's what I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I played it once, and I was really excited about it. I think it's the first game in the like spring of arcade or whatever they're calling it, spring showcase, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which includes like everything, which is the we'll talk about next week, which is the crazy double fine produced game where is you go from being a molecule to a galaxy. Oh right. Yeah. Oh, well, last last quick sort of housekeeping plug thing, but there's an awesome uh, sale going on in the PlayStation Store right now for stuff like Journey, uh, Until Dawn. Oh, it's all we first talk- party. It's all first party stuff. Yeah, or Sony published stuff. Yeah, yeah. so everything's, or most of the stuff that Sony's published over the last few years. Yeah, like Until Dawn's for- like 10 bucks, which you should totally pick up. That's Crazy like such cheap. a fun party. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember, I think they did this like a year ago with like The Order, mm-hmm. and it was it was going for like 5 or, or 10 bucks. Totally and a bunch it. of people were like, yeah, that's the that's yeah. a great price to fly through something like that. Yeah. So if there's something you sort of ignored or slept on, um, jump on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me tell you for just a moment about Gamefly. It is the leading video game rental service. They have over 9,000 titles to choose from, probably more by now. It lets you try your favorite games and movies before you buy. You can keep the games as long as you want, and you never have to worry about late fees. I mean, with movies, it's kind of just renting, but with games, if it's like a $60 investment for a massive, massive time sink, it might make sense to try it on. Plus, you can cancel any time. They also now have movie rentals, too. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. And you can only get this offer by visiting Gamefly.com beyond. Now, go sign up and start playing some new games you never played or revisiting some old favorites absolutely free for 30 days. Beyond! Uh, now it's time for Rapid Fire, which is the segment of the program in which we take questions from our fine users at Facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. And then we answer them. That's Oops. how it works. Groups.com slash clouds.net. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Not a real thing. At IGN.org. Uh, <laughs> Oliver May asks, with Microsoft launching the Scorpio at the end of the year and Nintendo just having brought out the Switch, what do you think Sony's next move will be? And do you think they will have a new console at E3? Absolutely not. No. No. Uh, here's my prediction is uh, they bundle Horizon with the Pro this fall. Um, and they just keep pumping out awesome games and keep making great deals with mm-hmm. strong third parties for exclusive stuff. Uh, I think that that's probably like, so here's the thing. Microsoft is obviously going to leverage the power of Scorpio to bring third parties over and really hit home that their games look better on Scorpio than it does mm-hmm. on PS4 Pro. But I think Sony's got the leverage of 50 plus million install base of the PS4. And they can basically say, yeah, but Call of Duty should still give their first DLC to us early and exclusive. Um, this is going to get, it's going to get into a sort of like greedy numbers game. And I think Microsoft is probably going to end up in a, a phone call bidding war with, with stuff like Activision and EA and say, hey, you're making Battlefront. Like make Battlefront look best on Scorpio. But on PS4, it's going to be like, hey, 55 million people own a PS4 or 60 by then. Mm-hmm. Um, play there where you'll always be able to connect with another player. So uh, I think they just keep hitting home on first party stuff. I think we're going to find out more about uh, totally blanking on it. Um, the zombie game. Days gone. Days gone. Oh, yeah. yeah, we'll find. We'll probably yeah. get a release date for that. I'm hoping for this fall, uh, and probably a release date for the new Uncharted stuff as well. Mm, yeah, which will also probably be this fall. You think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's great. I mean, that's two. That's two stuff. That's uh, two games that are basically exclusive coming through them. Um, yeah, they'll play what they've always been playing, which is a strong, robust library of first and third party games, and. Uh, just kicking ass with that. I like They'll how you okay. said library like a southern judge. Library. A strong, library. robust library. Of a delicious library plucked from the bush. Now I'm going to get in my hammock and I drink just, a nice peach tea. I really hope they take a look back. Yeah. And notice the Vita. And say, we've noticed you. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. And then pick, yeah. lift it up. And give it a platform anything. Yeah, we, yeah. We've been talking about, yeah, seriously. We've been talking about this here and there on the show. We all, we all love our Switch here. Did you end up getting one? 
Switch? Yeah. Oh, yeah, day one. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic uh, platform, right? And I think the idea of plugging into your TV and then leaving and playing it somewhere else is really cool. And, like, the Vita was just there. It was, yeah. so I mean, it was a prototype of that idea, pretty um, much. So I want, I mean, again, I say this every week, but, like, I really want that to be a thing that Sony does because I want, you know, like, the Switch is awesome for Zelda and Snipper Clips and other, and, you know, I'll play Snake Pass on there because that's a cool game to bring anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of them making games on on the level that they that they make them in their own way and making those portable everywhere. I can't imagine playing yeah. something like Uncharted 4 on a PS4 Pro or Horizon on a portable without it bursting into flames. Right. Yeah. But, but we're going to get there in our lifetimes, I mean, you know? Yeah, like I would love to be able to play Persona 5 on a Switch yeah. or on a Sony-like Switch yeah. handheld device where the screen is big and it's, beautiful and bright. It's going to be really strange not playing Persona on a Vita. On a handheld? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, totally. I only played it on my Vita. It's yeah, the first Pers- game I played. Yeah, Golden. So, I yeah. wish they did some, like, they they put out a just a new version of Evita that only extenuated its remote play functions and just made it so you could bring it anywhere. Yeah, like it's effectively a new SKU, but I mean mostly yeah. just the same system. So the thing know. is, I just want dating sims because yeah. the Vita has a lot of dating sims. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a new one coming out soon. Yeah, and and yeah, it's perfect <laughs> for that. Looking. There are a lot of those on so, there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a great place for them to import more or maybe focus yeah. development because like anime is a big thing and it's constantly mm. growing. And it's like, hey, do you think we'll still, hear about yeah. the Vita at E3? In any oh, way? No, no. Yeah. There's always that count of how yeah. many times it gets said. But last year, uh, between E3 and PSX, I remember like it got mentioned a bunch, which was. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it didn't. Yeah. I, think I don't think really? at E3, it, not, not at the all. conference, no. not during the conference. I, I look for it. I mean, also there was. Of course, he came out and just kept. He kept repeating the word Vita. Also like, on Vita, I feel like also, that was like three and a half years ago. Well, <laughs> time, is a, time is a flat circle. Yeah, so I will keep nope. wishing. But I time is a straight line. Circle is a button on the PS4. Real quick, what's the dating sim you recommend for Vita? Uh, wait, what was it? Hakuoki? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or no, like Demon what are? Like someone wants to get into dating sims. Yeah. Like ground yeah, Haku- floor. Hakuoki oh, is, is a beautiful game. Okay. It's about um, the Warring States era, <laughs> and so you date a bunch of samurai. Nice. It's really good. This is the bird one. It's boy, you're dating boys, though. Oh, and there's also the bird one, sure, which if you want something weird and it's actually incredibly good, you have to play it a few times. Yeah. But the thing is, dating Oh, that game gets crazy. Yeah, the second, the second loop oh. game gets nuts. So, yeah, if it you wanna, gets crazy. If you want to yeah. make love to a samurai in an ancient times or a bird in a high school, <laughs> the PlayStation Vita is yeah. the only Aren't you place a bird? to play. Aren't you a bird who dates girls? It's a great, that's a great no, Vita. You're a, <laughs> you're a girl who dates birds. Yeah, so that one's Hot Awful Boyfriend. It's also on PS4. Yep. And then the other one's Hot Awful mean? Um, hey, it's actually a play on the name of the person who wrote it, and it's also hateful. Oh wow! Kind of real weird. Angry ass birds. Uh, pigeons a lot are not of a great. That's not, pigeons not a top five. Speaking animal. of birds, <laughs> Nick Chevalier asks, "What are some of your favorite Easter eggs in games?" Oh man, eggs comes from birds. <laughs> I was like, speaking of birds, yeah, speaking of birds, okay. that worked out really well. Um, not really an Easter egg. Last year, I loved uh, uh, Nate and Elena sitting down to play Crash, Crash Bandicoot. Bandicoot. Oh yeah, I thought that was really cute, and like the banter between them as like Nate. Nate is not good at video games. The banter, the band, yeah, yeah, the banter. I like that. Um, I like the like built-in like Easter eggs and secret things in Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie. Yep, like where it was a failed experiment of you would be able to take a cartridge out and put the next game in, and they're like that. The memory can't. This is N sixty four. We can't handle. I, it. I always really love that moment in Ocarina of Time where you go to meet the princess in Hyrule Castle, and then you can be like, "Well, thanks," and you look through her windows, and there's just like paintings of Mario and Luigi and mm-hmm. Peach, and you're like, "Oh, you know those dudes." <laughs> <laughs> I thought LucasArts always did a really good job. They'd always yeah. have a, an outline of uh, of Max's head from Sam and Max somewhere. Yeah. Sometimes it would be like a secret cavern in like the Hoth level of uh, Dark Forces or something. Yeah. yeah. What was the open world? Was it a Far Cry game or, or Just Cause where they put the hatch from Lost? 
Oh, I think you remember that? Was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple years ago, I remember that. It was really cool. I love, I love little. There's in Doom. I think when you're in Hell, you can find the skeleton of the Fusro Da dude from Skyrim. Yeah. No, he's dead and he's in hell. Don't awe that. I really, I really love that. Somewhere it's fine. In 3D, you can find the the Doom guy. Yeah, he's like, that's one Doom Space Marine. In Far Cry Primal, there's a glowing skeleton of a blood dragon. That's so cool. Like in just like like this hidden purple cave, and you don't really get anything out of it, and you can't walk up to it, but it's like just cool that it's there. I love Ubisoft does a good job with that. Yeah. Uh, Laurier Hebert Jordouin says, oh, nice work Wow, trying. Uh, ask owning a Switch has considerably lessened the enjoyment I get from gaming on PS4. I keep thinking, I wish I could undock this and play on the go. Have you also felt that? Do you wish more console would go this way in the future? Yeah. I mean, we sort of talked about that. Yeah. Like, I really like playing the Switch on my handheld. Yeah, yeah. like, but uh, I think. I don't want that for every console. No, totally. No. I think it's fine that the Switch is doing this. I think they're I think taking they baby steps with remote play, not just through Vita, but through uh, PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, PlayStation TV, which they were trying to do for a little while, it just became like this very cumbersome. I couldn't get it to work from room to room in yeah. my apartment. Um, but I remember playing Battlefront, uh, not well, but connecting to Battlefront, like from my parents' house in New Jersey to my PS4 mm-hmm. in San Francisco, which was like, it's crazy. It's so cool. Like, yeah. and again, it's choppy and it's slow and it's not getting there, but um, we're, it's baby steps, right? Yeah. And part of, one of the things I love about handheld games is even playing them at home. Like, if I'm doing something where I don't have to pay 100% attention, I like doing that and like having TV shown in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm doing that for like random shrines in Zelda and yeah. like grinding in RPGs, but I don't want to play Uncharted like that. I don't want to play mm-hmm. The Last of Us like that. Like, I want to no, pay yeah. attention to the story and the world and the characters. It's like yeah. taking a look at Gravity Rush, like them moving from the Vita to PS4 was absolutely the right decision. Yes. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, even the remaster of one, like, it felt so yeah. much better on PS4 than it did on Vita. Cameron O'Neill asks, how do you as reviewers and game lovers balance enjoying a game that is just okay versus not enjoying an objectively good game? I didn't love Bloodborne, but I understand why the game is objectively good. It seems like with Mass Effect and drama to drama, hey oh, people are confounding an enjoyable game with a good game. Um, I don't th- well, I don't think you can say objectively good. Like, So, I mean, like I don't like The Witness at yeah. all. It's not my kind of game, yeah, but I can appreciate... I wasn't crazy about yeah. it either. Yeah, I can appreciate why people enjoy it and what's to love about it. I think there's a, a level of level-headedness that anybody can have sure. saying, I see why this is great, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. I personally don't like it. Um, or it's not my kind of game. Like, there's things... Yeah. We all have preferences, yeah, that's, and like, that's I, totally could, I can't yeah. get into, like, Overwatch, but I totally understand why the yeah. people who are into Overwatch Which is why it. we never have you review Overwatch. Yeah, exactly. Right. You don't right. play those kinds yeah. of games. Yeah. Yeah. That's not where your and expertise I, yeah, lies. Exactly. I, think, I think there's a value to having an outsider perspective on a review every now and then, mm-hmm. but to have somebody who just objectively does not like a thing to come yeah. in and review a thing, like, hey, it's Mr. Bully here to poop on Overwatch. Like, there's no value yeah. in yeah. that. Well, it's, yeah. like, it's like with old, you know, old teachers. They'd be like, oh, why is this the thing? Explain why or why not. Use complete sentences. Yeah. In this case, like, I think the core of good criticism is why is this good? Why is this bad? Explain. You know, just g- get into it. Yeah, you know? and I think that, like, there's this idea now that you have to love everything that, like, the Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes has deemed to be great. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I, I mean, like, I look at something like Fallout 4. When mm-hmm. those reviews started rolling in, I do the thing where I'm like, I I, finish, I I walk out of a game 20, I was 25, 30 hours into that game before I put it down. And I was like, this is not for me. I don't see this getting higher than like eights anywhere because it's just such a mess in so many ways to me personally. And the reviews rolled in and it was like nines, 9.5s, mm-hmm. 10s. And I was like, oh, like I just 
don't have my finger on the pulse of this. Um, and everything's not for everyone. Yeah. Not everything's not for everyone. Like, I mean, we all saw Logan together and Max walked out and he's like, I really liked it. And and you and me were like, ah, I liked, I liked some of it. Yeah. But then I went into Rotten Tomatoes and I was like, this is one of the highest reviewed movies of the year. One of the highest reviewed comic book movies of all time. I see why it works. I see why people love it. But for me personally, I had some issues with it and I'm able to detach that from my enjoyment. (laughs) And I can also just be like, well, yeah, then I won't buy the Blu-ray or I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. I want people I like to enjoy I love things. it. I was like, this is all right. You, you know? said it was the best movie you've ever seen. Yeah. I didn't. I said it was the best <laughs> X-Men movie in the last five years, yeah. which is like, I, that is the, that you is said, the best. You said, move over, a river runs through it. Yeah. There's a new river in town. Well, I said God. it was high art next to X-Men Apocalypse, but that's not saying much. Oh, that was a bad um, film with the Purple Moon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, Horizon, uh, that is a fantastic, wonderful game that I just wasn't into. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was like, I played it far enough to be like, I hear the guts. I understand what it's doing. Uh, I totally recognize that as an actual, like, technical masterpiece. But it wasn't for me. And it's- So what I, what I see a lot and what, uh, what kind of keeps us employed um, and that will hopefully let you, if you're listening, if you have any sort of, like – um, interest in ever becoming somebody who speaks or writes or talks about anything critically is that uh, I think there's a nuanced difference between being like Max didn't like this game because of this reason, this reason, this reason, but he did like this and he tried this and this didn't work to I see a lot of people who are just like, that thing sucks. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Okay. Are you yeah. Sure? But I mean, it's, yeah. like, it's like, <laughs> like you, maybe you're right, but like, what does that know, mean? There's a lot of different types of sucks. Yeah. Or they're just like, it is a bad game. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. Like, I mean, I I don't have to cite just a number, a percentage on a, a, you know, aggregate review website. Yeah. It's like when I started, I actually had to review bad games. Right. So I I got the same thing where they they made me like earn. (laughs) Like I wanted to, I wanted to review a Zelda game back in the day. And they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, you haven't earned that yet. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, what was it? What games did you start? Like, do you remember what your first review was for IGN? Uh, The first review I did as a freelancer. I don't remember exactly what it was called. It was some online Xbox game that mm-hmm. was like tower defensey or something. I forget what it was. But then my next one was Huddle Boyfriend because it's what I asked for. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Great. One for that, that one worked. for you. Dan was yeah. like, uh, yeah, I don't want to date the birds. So <laughs> I was like, no, dating <laughs> birds is way more complex than you think. Yeah. And it, it really is, it's guys. Like, Trust like me. Just play it. With birds you can't, yeah. You know why? You can't bring them anywhere. <laughs> well, you know what? If you love them, they fly away. It's true. Uh, if you Maybe let think fly, let they're it fly actually away. dead. You Unless never it's know. a bird. Yeah, who knows? So you can't actually remember. Oh, no. Jalen Matthews asks, with the always successful fall launches and the seemingly successful spring launches, do you all think we'll soon see the end of the summer drought in terms of games, or do you think dev studios just don't feel inclined to release big games during the summer? I, I think all bets are off with that stuff these days. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Definitely the way we see... So the interesting thing on that is that um, we used to see games traditionally released um, in one quarter. And the reason that would happen was because that's when the most spending happens and when that loops back around to the way the the fiscal year ends. Um, With the the sort of scope and and massive games now, uh, they get delayed constantly and they've gotten delayed into spring and early winter so often now. And those delays have been rewarded with incredible sales. We just got sales numbers on Horizon. It's over – 2.5 2.5 million. Zelda is, uh, they've like what doubled or tripled like the expectations the for the rate. Switch. Yeah. Um, and you lose a couple of things here and there too, right? Like Resident Evil did really well, but I think it's like never up to snuff or what yeah. they wanted. Um, we're going to start seeing games that uh, were supposed to come out in the fall, uh, that were then supposed to come out in the spring, get moved to summer, and probably sell exceptionally well. I think there's no time of year now where there isn't an audience and there isn't a market yeah. to make money. And I mean, May through August right now, games we know are coming out, well, are slated to come out, are stuff like uh, Injustice. Yep. And- 
and Prey and the Crash Bandicoot trilogy and South Park and Shadow of War. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, those are big games. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. different like yeah. different publishers will kind of stake out different times of the year, partially because of like you know physical quarters and whatnot, but also mm-hmm. I think because they're like, this is our slot, you know. Yeah, this is yeah. when we're doing to do it. And well, there's also at, you also see games that come out in like January, February, and then, look at For Honor, it topped yeah. the NPD, and you're like, how did you do that? Like, yeah. I mean, that didn't anecdotally, like I played that game for a while, and I had some some good times with it, but I did not expect that game to be the best selling game yeah, of that February, month. Yeah, you know, who's, but, who's playing that? Like, yeah, know. like there's I mean, it's just it got in right before Horizon mm-hmm. and Zelda. And right after the holiday season and people were like, I, I beat my game from December or I got these like GameStop fun bucks I want to spend and like all that funnels right back in. So I think like what we want to see is more stuff like that because Mm -hmm. then we get less situations like the Tomb Raider fallout day or the, like Ubisoft puts out two games in the same weekend. Just for us working, it's really nice and they're spread out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like right now it feels like fall for me. Oh, totally. How much I've been working, like the capacity is ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Um, which that's also the scope cool, of the games too that you're covering. Yeah, because yeah, these are all like we mentioned Zelda and, and Horizon, but then also Mass Effect and Persona are giant like fifty yeah. plus hour games. It's been nonstop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily after Persona, it seems like everything chills out a little bit for a little while. Yeah, and it'd be nice time to catch up. Like, sure, people want things in the summer drought, but I kind of don't because that's like a great time to catch up on old games totally. or replay something I, you no, really I haven't. Love. I barely put time to Neo and Near, and like I want to play those. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. think that games that were released like? Early this year, around around now or last few months, uh, are we going to get like game of the year releases in the holiday season? Or is it is it like stacked like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of saw that with with Tomb Raider when it came to, to PS4. They were like, okay, here's the full package. Here's all the bits and pieces. Well, that was specifically like a legal licensing exclusivity. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. But I, mean, I could, you also see. It I with could like, totally yeah. see the Resident Evil Seven game of the year that has like the birthday DLC and all that stuff yep. bundled yep. in and coming yeah. out in October or November to be like, hey, remember this game that everyone loved in yep. January? Yeah, I mean, if you look at um, award season for any medium um it's sometimes the blind spot is that first three or four months of the year like it's it's very seldom that people really like when we sit down this fall um you might have to like jog some memories to be like well what about resident evil 7 yeah but we we did a really good job of that last year i mean the witness and firewatch and oxen free we're all even like yeah yeah those are all the first like two months we have a good system in place to make sure we don't forget those things like we've been way better calendar yeah about saying hey remember this great game Let's put this on a list now. Yeah. We also have yeah, people right. who like champion those games year round. Yeah. And so that helps is like last year, like when fall came, like I was beating the witness drum super hard. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I know that we have this giant red dead shaped object landing this fall <laughs> and that's going to consume a massive portion of the conversation. I don't think anyone this fall is going to be like, Hey guys, remember Zelda came out this year? <laughs> I think, I think we'll be fine. Cause I'll still be like, Oh, I have 197 shrines left. in this All game. I'll say is that uh, this will be a fantastic fall for video game debates oh my god like, this, yeah like, last year i was kind of like oh um yeah well yeah i'm not you know i wasn't madly in Something love with the witness either yeah, and that was up was there just, and yeah. i didn't truly connect with overwatch either and those were our two big guns on igns for game of the year um but this year man there's you just could already so, flesh yeah. out a list of 10 i could do game of the year today it's gonna be really yeah. you know yeah it's gonna be a lot of fights and long yep. meetings yeah, yeah. and like we haven't seen what destiny 2 and battlefront 2 and oh call of duty even God. look like we haven't like we barely got a glimpse of mario give us we got a 30 second trailer for red dead Arms. Stop. Arms. We're not arms. talking about arms. Yeah. <laughs> Knack 2. Knack 2. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting that this year. They announced at uh, E3. Yeah. And yeah. Mario? Yeah, Mario. Mario's you know, you're, doing the guy, oh, you're doing the guide for Knack 2. Did you know that? Yeah. All right. No. Well, we need to go take long <laughs> naps. Knack naps. Uh, there is a Power Rangers red carpet. I'm looking at the wrong camera again. There it is. Hello there. Hi. Good to see you. Hey, baby. Uh, Joshua and Terry from our LA team are going to be hosting a Power Rangers red carpet live stream thing that is live on the 22nd. That's at tomorrow or today, I guess, if this is up now. 
No, that's tomorrow. Or it's but that's today. today. Don't ever say you don't. You know I don't do all well the tenses. That's that is Wednesday, six fifteen p.m. Pacific time, one hour. So if you download this episode fast enough, get in there. Uh, they're gonna have Bill Hader, the voice of Alpha Five, Elizabeth Banks, Rita Repulsa herself, and all the titular Rangers of Power. Marty wrote that. You don't Max know that. Brian are hosted. We hosted one of these for. You wrote like five X's. We well, did what a was Triple that movie X called? live stream one. <laughs> what was that movie um, called? There's three X's, not five. Triple X Return of the Xander or okay. Xander did four X's. Xander Cage. Xander Cage Town. Anyway, you, spell uh, you can watch that on IG and YouTube, Twitch, Funster, and Blarm. You you can't write stuff like that because I will. I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was thinking about. Thank you for watching. We will see you guys ne- next week. Uh, oh, yeah. We're all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. He's Agent Bizzle. You're McBiggity. And you're Havoc Rose? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. All right. That's it. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Beyond. Yeah. <laughs>